Hey, podcast listeners, the topics are pouring in through our text messaging pod ring is what I'm calling you. You can join it. 833-947-3684. Text the word pod. And then just send us messages. We interact with you, answer your questions about products and classes, and take your suggestions so that we can have a great podcast show. You're listening to the Brave Writer Podcast. I'm Julie Bogart. The Brave Writer Podcast is designed to support parents who take an active interest in their children's education, whether you homeschool or not. When I get together with any member of my staff, whether it's a Slack call or a Zoom call or even in person, something happens that I never planned for. We laugh our heads off. We talk nonstop. The meetings run over and nobody tries to stop them. There is this kinetic energy that goes into the work of Brave Writer that none of you see. And the other day, I was in a meeting with Don Smith, the head of publishing, and I said, why aren't we recording this right now? And she started laughing. And then I said, you know what? I'm serious. You need to be on the podcast. We need to show everybody who listens how the sausage is made. And let me just be clear. It is not made like sausage. (laughs) So much gentle care, love, imagination, and idealism goes into every single one of our products. And I want you to understand like the underlying philosophy and even the dedication and the tailor making of each of these tools that happens behind the scenes that delivers to you the award-winning innovative writing program that all of you are using. And if you're not yet, maybe you'll want to by the end of this show. So if you are brave writer curious, or you're already using our program and you want to understand it better, stay tuned. I think you will really enjoy this fun conversation that I had with Don Smith. Well, hello, Dawn. Hello. So excited to be here. Okay, this is ridiculous because (laughs) Dawn and I talk all the time. So here's the thing. Dawn Smith is the genius behind the products in this program, as I mentioned in the intro. And so I thought we needed to take a peek behind the curtain. And I invited Dawn here to talk specifically about how we create our products. And then also just to give you a sense of how we sort of feed off of each other. Because Dawn, I don't know if you've noticed, but a lot of curricula out there seems like it follows a kind of formula. And that's not to say that Brave Writer doesn't have specific specs that we're trying to hit or even a certain format that we try to embody so that there's predictability. But our program is not sort of a template and churn kind of design, is it? Can you talk a little bit about our writers and what we do to get them to produce these products? (laughs) Yeah, it's quite a process. And it's really interesting that you say that because it really took me back to when we did the redesign. So for those of you unfamiliar, um, Brave Writer has gone through, especially in our our, uh, mechanics and literature programs, has recently, fairly recently gone through a redesign. And working with the design team, we really had to figure out what that pattern would be to give people predictability so that they could sit down with a product and plan and know what's coming and kind of the order of things. And um, so, yeah, there's, uh, there's this voice and this liveliness that we fit within these parameters that we've given ourselves. And I think, um, you know, it calls back to when my kids were younger, we never had a schedule, but we had an order of things, a routine. And so that's the same kind of approach that we have. We have a lot of structure. We have our tracker and we have trackers and planners for the mechanics and literature. And I keep a tracker that uh, I use for each level to make sure that we are hitting uh, certain concepts that we want to make sure that we cover throughout the year because we're creating 10 new issues a year for each level. And we want to make sure that we touch on all of the 
pieces, all of the um, concepts that are parts of speech and punctuation, and we don't specify literary devices uh, on the tracker necessarily, but we have ones that we like to revisit, and um, they're really good ways to connect kids with writing. So what we do is, uh, I have this amazing team of writers. <laughs> I absolutely adore my writers. <laughs> yeah, let me jump in there before we talk <laughs> yeah. about them because they are quite a team. So for those who don't use Brave Writer, what we're talking about is we have these literature guides that teach the mechanics of writing while you're enjoying this great read aloud. And Dawn goes to a very extensive amount of research to pick the books for each of our um, levels. And we have five levels. But when we are writing these guides to go with these particular books, we have a certain format that we follow. But within that format, we are ensuring that there is a coverage of those concepts you're looking for. Verbs, adjectives, onomatopoeia, uh, the way that a sentence is punctuated, the way that words are spelled. And all of this, when you receive one of those guides, looks a little bit like it's freewheeling, but behind the scenes, we actually are tracking which things we've taught, which things we still want you to teach your kids. And so when Dawn has to hire someone to write for us, we don't just send them off, right? Into their own <laughs> no. rooms, right? What does <laughs> no. that look like? How do you hire a writer? How do you train a writer? What is that like? Oh, yeah, it's a process. It's quite a process. And the thing is, is that, you know, all of the writers who write for us in publishing have been brave writer teachers in the classroom. Oh so my gosh, that's they right. Are, yeah, they are absolutely familiar with the ins and outs of brave writer. They know our pedagogy. They know how we teach. They know, you know, how to connect with parents. I mean, they have this very extensive background in brave writer, but they don't all kind of catch the voice and the way that we present information in our mechanics and literature guides. So as writers come through the training, and I'm trying to encourage them on how to get the voice that we want, because it's not just a pedagogical, didactic teaching. It is a voice that we carry through the products to connect with parents, to help them connect with their kids. So I ask the writer to imagine that they are meeting with a mom interested in homeschooling, interested in Brave Writer, and they're sitting across the table. And how do you convey this to a parent to help them kind of get it? And so they may be saying like, hey, we're going to talk about adjectives. And adjectives aren't just words that describe nouns. They are so much more than that. They bring so much flavor and interest to writing. And so then we go on to talk about what they do and how they're acting in a sentence. And we make it interesting and engaging so that the parent can internalize that information about that grammar concept and naturally bring it into their thinking and how they are going to approach that so that they can then have those natural conversations with their kids. Yeah. So, and so they're thinking about it, not just like they're interesting. They're giving activities and actions that the child can take. They're highlighting adjectives. They're comparing right. one to another. They might say, here's an adjective where it says tall. Do you think that's the best one? What are some other ways we use the word tall in our language? Well, we say something like, uh, he's big. He is grand. He is, and we start thinking about other words and trying to understand, was this the best choice? Could we think of another one? Which leads us into the power of writing, right? right. It's not just, I've accurately identified an adjective in a sentence. It's also, was this adjective effective? Did it do its job? And kids love that, by the way, don't they? Oh, they, they do. love being they do. in charge yeah. of evaluating an adult's writing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and that's and that brings us back to the point that we always use living literature, literature that they are reading in a read aloud. They're invested in the characters. I mean, so you could actually ask your kid, you know, all we know about Jimmy, do you think tall is a, is a good descriptor of him or would you use something else? Maybe the kid would say, no, Jimmy's giant. Ah. And then you go, oh. Wow, that really puts an image of Jimmy in my mind. And he is a big 
like big personality. So giant Jimmy. And look what you did there. Alliteration. <laughs> wow. So good. And, and isn't it true? Like, so when we're training the writers, they, the temptation for all of us, and this was me, if you read some of the old arrows, believe me, you will see that I had some didactic moments for sure. This has evolved over time. But the temptation for all of us is to get very information oriented. Yeah. Information does not transform you. Information does not transform you. Albert Einstein literally says that learning comes through experience, not through information. Right. And so the danger of like this workbook methodology or these programs where you can tell that there's a format and they've just hired sort of a stable of writers offstage, you know, contract workers who go to Wikipedia and do research and then just write it up. What they're doing is they're they're sort of um, collecting data and information and then repackaging it in nice writing. And so then the parent is guiding the absorption of definitions. Right. But that is not what we do. We, no. Yes. Go ahead, Dawn. What <laughs> well, do we do we differently? Go, we go to great pains to pick just the right passages and, and just the right writing to convey an idea in order for kids to... Number one, they're already connected with the story and the characters. True. Then what they're doing is the pointing out the moves the writer made, the the mm. grammar that the writer used. What makes that sentence tick? Like, why does it connect? Why does it actually help you create a vision in your own mind about these characters? So we're really helping them to pull back these layers of what makes writing tick. And then what happens is they have these epiphanies. They have mm. these moments, these little aha moments where they go, oh, that's what that word's doing. And then the magic comes when a parent is, you know, thinking all we had was a conversation. We highlighted a few things and they wrote the passage down. Like, is this really sticking? Like, are they really learning because they didn't do an entire worksheet where they attached, ad, you know, adjectives or adverbs to, you know, they filled in all the blanks. So is this really working? And then all of a sudden, you know, their kid is using these um, words in their own writing to describe, you know, nouns and, and verbs and all the things that they're writing about. And they're excited about it. And I love the way that we approach it is to really get them to go all in. So you can have something like, you know, I mean, we do this often. You know, how many adjectives is too many adjectives? Like, can you have too many adjectives? Why don't we think of all of the adjectives there are to describe Jimmy? And then, you know, let's string 15 of them together. And let's see if we say all of those adjectives in one sentence. Is it too many? Do, which, ones, which ones should we keep? Which ones should we take out? And, you know, how does that work in your own writing? And so what they get to do is they get to play with someone else's writing and they get to manipulate it and move it around and, and you know, just have this experience with it, with a story that they're connected with. And then it just transfers over into their original writing. Yeah. In fact, I love that. That's the, the core idea then. They're having an experience. They come mm -hmm. away with a felt experience of what an adjective is and what it does more than they have memorized a definition for a, you know, one of those like multiple choice tests where you have to identify the right definition. Right. Part of, part of what I love also about what you just said is that we do tend to see an interesting sort of lag time where consolidation is happening. So right. a parent who's used to getting a kid to sort of churn out worksheets and then they check them and they're like, oh, good, they got that accurately. That's not how it works in Brave Writer. We spin and spiral over the concepts over and over again. I remember one mom wrote me one time, John, back in the day. She's like, can you stop talking <laughs> about M dashes? You mentioned them in every issue and my kid knows what it is now. And I thought, well, that's great because that was the goal. But the yeah. idea is that they'll get reintroduced again and again as we look at the same concept through a different story or passage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And then one day, weeks, months down the road, your kid's going to be reading Nancy Drew under the covers with a flashlight. And in the morning, she's going to be like, this was a bad adjective. <laughs> or mom, I just saw onomatopoeia or 
they started this paragraph with alliteration and I get those messages and you do all the time online. Like they'll say, payday, my child just came running in and told me that they loved the onomatopoeia in this book they read. Right. It's living inside them and they're taking the time to consolidate and then they express. Right. And that's the fun of this model. It really is. And it's, and it, and it is, it, it takes patience, Oof. but it, but in the long run, I mean, it's, it's like, we talk about this all the time, both to our people and to each other, the go slow to go fast. You know, this idea that you need to go slow in order to go fast. And mm. so what that means is that you're spending time having these conversations with your kids, you're circling and spinning around concepts. You're looking at the same concept again, looking at the way this writer used that. And then it, it can feel like this is really slow. Like, you know, my cousin's daughter is the same age and she's writing essays. Um, <laughs> uh, and we're still back here, you know, putting sentences together and it can feel really slow. And that is probably one of the most difficult things about implementing Brave Writer is that we do offer so much training for the parent and so many ways for the parent to naturally incorporate what we're trying to teach. And it can feel like a slow process. And in the end, what happens is, is that that writing that comes out of the child will be, their voice will be intact. They will be playing with concepts that other kids have already forgotten because that, that unit's over, that worksheet's done. And so they really start to internalize this. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're using these concepts that feel above and beyond even their grade level. I can remember somebody reading my son's writing, just being just over the top about his writing. And he spelled just about everything in that piece of writing wrong. But what she was looking at, thank goodness, <laughs> was his his vocabulary, his usage, his way of, of constructing sentences and all those things. And this all really came about through our natural conversations around writing. Yeah. And honestly, even things like spelling, like the expectations of what a good speller is. I have parents who say to me, I have an eight-year-old. She's a terrible speller. It's like, She's eight. Of course, she's a terrible speller. She's barely started reading. So we take sort of the long view that the mechanics of writing take 10 years, eight to 18. So age 12 is only halfway there. So Mm -hmm. you're still going to see a lot of spelling errors and even some grammar mistakes. But what you will see in our program that I don't think is as evident at other times in other methods like traditional school instruction is you see kids really engaged in self-expression. They actually think they have something worth saying and they try to say it with a little panache. And we see it in our (laughs) online classes all the time. These kids are suddenly like, they've got a little flair. There's like a little like performance for the reader because they believe there is a reader on the other side. And it's because they've been trained to be careful readers themselves. They start to look at what these authors are doing in their writing. And they're like, oh, that's why I'm afraid. That's why I'm excited. That's why I'm having this feeling of suspense. And then they're like, well, I could try that. I could see what that feels like. So whether or not they're spelling perfectly, they're already engaged in better writing. Right. And they're there. It's like a writer's group. You know, when you have yeah. a writer's group together and you're and you're reading each other's writing and you're giving each other feedback. I mean, essentially, like going through a dart or an error or a boomerang, it's like you're having this engagement with the writer and, you know, you are analyzing what they're doing and the moves that they're making and how they're utilizing language to convey meaning. And then it empowers the the kids to do the same because we have these triad activities, we have a a writing prompt, and it's all kinds of ways to play with language. Yes. And then what that does is it it lowers the stakes Mm. so that, you know, here they have this opportunity to manipulate someone else's language. It's not their personal writing. It's not their something that they worked so hard and all of a sudden now it's going to be deconstructed. They get to do it over here on, on the side where they're looking at someone else's language and playing with those mechanics and manipulating those um, 
the words on the page so that they can learn and move things around and have those moments of aha this is how this is how language works this is how it ticks i can do that too that's so, right and yeah. even then when they're doing the practices of things like copy work and dictation that's how we sort of give them that drill model. You know, they get to copy the exact letter formation. They copy the exact punctuation marks, but it's supported by all this richness. So it's not just this rote process of filling out um, a, a piece of paper with a quote. They've talked about every word in that passage. They've looked at it for its meaning and its power, and then they go to copy it down. And they start to internalize those mechanics because they support the meaning that the passage generates. I became a huge fan, Don, of copywork and dictation because of Charlotte Mason. And we were talking earlier, Ruth Beechick. Right. Uh, she had these tiny little pamphlets. She's a, just for those of you who are listening, um, she's not secular. She comes from a religious point of view. So her work, even though it's wonderful, it emphasizes a lot of God and Bible. But what I really loved about the way she communicated was that this practice of copying and this practice of dictation was the best approximation for what it feels like to write from scratch. It's the best approximation to write what feels like it's from scratch, but it isn't. So your brain is creating the meaning and the syntax is correct, but it's not your own original thoughts. So what you're doing is you're giving yourself practice without having to also think those thoughts. And that's the genius, I think, of our program. We select the passage, we deconstruct and talk about it, we play with it, we examine it, we experience it, and then your child copies it. Or, and then your child does dictation. And by then, it almost feels like they're generating the thoughts from scratch. It's amazing. Yeah, it really is neat. And the thing that's really fascinating now that, that you just like walked through that, we do the same thing when we are actually creating the Dart Arrow Boomerang Slingshot. You know, like, for instance, Lisa, Melissa Wiley writes the darts for us. So who is Melissa for people who don't know? So Melissa Wiley is the author of The Prairie Thief, Nerviest Girl in the World. Um, she, many books, actually. She has all kind, you know, another book series. You will find her in Brave Learner Home. There are, we have um, webinars with Melissa Wiley in there too. She joins us at summer camp and reads to the kids. She is such a beautiful, integrated part of the Brave Writer community. She is a notable children's author who is also a homeschooling parent of six kids, and her oldest are graduated already. She and I have known each other since the 1990s. We met in a writer's group because both of us wanted to be writers. Her blog is one of the most popular homeschool blogs in history. It was so valuable in the early 2000s. We are so lucky to have the caliber of writer that Lissa is working on a program. Okay, keep going. Yes. <laughs> I had to so, fangirl over my good friend, uh, Lissa. Well, absolutely. I mean, I fangirl over Lissa all the time because she's amazing. And so, so she writes all the darts and we have meetings before she starts a dart. And they're some of my favorite meetings ever. I mean, if you're going to have a meeting with somebody, have it with Lissa and talk <laughs> about books. <laughs> so, you know, she goes through and she reads and then she picks four passages, usually more. And for us to talk about. So we actually have these discussions about the passages. Why did you pick it? What did you like about it? What's interesting about it? What should we talk about? <laughs> like we go through the same process we're asking parents to go through when they're talking about passages with their own kids. Hey, podcast friends. Did you know that we have a free download on our website called The 7-Day Writing Blitz? You can download it by going to bravewriter.com. This will give you seven days of truly fun and different experiences of writing. Day one, for instance, is called Graffiti. And we ask your kids to take a lipstick and write on the mirror or use a mustard bottle and write on a paper plate. When your kids experience writing, being transformed into something that invites their participation, they start to see writing as a tool for them, not as a tool being done to them. Check it out. Go to bravewriter.com 
click on the button that says seven day writing blitz or simply click the link in the show notes. So what I think I hear you saying is that when you use our program, you're actually mirroring even the process it took to create the program. And the truth is, and you and I were talking about this earlier in our our morning meeting, our goal with these products is for you to feel confident enough to be the educator who teaches writing, not the supervisor of curriculum that teaches writing. You yourself will become empowered, equipped, capable, able to express these ideas because we're giving you like the cheat codes. We're explaining to you how to express this to your kids. And it comes from this sort of deep, rich engagement. It doesn't come from reading instructions and supervising output, correct? Right, right. And it really does come through in the darts because we're talking, and the arrows and the, you know, all all of them, all of them. Because I work with all of the writers in this capacity where they they come forward with, you know, I think these passages would be great. This is why, you know, they're telling me this is why I like these passages. These are the things I would like to cover. And uh, it, it it's just this very wonderful, beautiful process. The creation of these products mirrors how we want parents to use them. It's a yes. discussion. It is this collaborative project that I get to do with the writers, just like you are collaborating with your kids in this project of learning and teaching writing. And it trickles into everything we do. And then what we see and what we know from personal experience is it trickles in through your whole homeschool. So Don, let's just address the elephant in the room. What about the parent who's like, it doesn't matter how much you tell me about adverbs. I'm not good at talking about writing. Can Mm. that person who feels like they're not good at writing, get enough from our program to actually be capable of this? I absolutely think so. And here's why. Because we, this, our product is a communication with you. Mm. It is us telling you, just like that parent sitting across from the, you know, at the coffee shop telling you, hey, this is what we found interesting. Look at the way the writer did this, you know, and and we're giving you the tools that you need to communicate naturally that way with your kids. So it's funny, Julie and I have had this conversation lots of times where people share all kinds of Instagram posts and they share things about our products, right? So it's, you know, we're having this book club or, hey, my kid did copy work and then they came and, you know, we had this discussion about onomatopoeia and now my kid's over there barking like a dog. And (laughs) They have all these great shares, but never with our products in the picture, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like we hardly ever see maybe a copy work passage, which is like the only thing you actually need to print if you want to, you know, highlight it up and market. So we were talking about that and I thought, you know, it's just, it, it speaks to the people who get it, the people who are there, like they've done the nurturing, they've done the reading, they've, they've really internalized what we're trying to achieve. And then they have these conversations with their kids. They they do the activities. They're interactive. They're they're interesting. They're engaging. And then they share it on Instagram. And there's no dart to be seen. There's you know there's no arrow because they have done the work to internalize and really pay attention to what it is that is being taught. And then they're able to engage in their kids that way. Yeah, so, it's a it's a workbook free approach. The product doesn't do the teaching. You do. The product is like the cheat sheet for you. It's us saying, uh, so the example I want to use, some of you have read my book, The Brave Learner. And I give this example of how when you add enchantment to education, surprise, mystery, risk, and adventure, it's like adding a moving sidewalk of happy, like those moving sidewalks in the airport where you just feel even like a better walker than you actually are. That's our product. Our product helps you be a better educator than you even knew you were. And it feels like you're doing it because you are, but you are supported by this moving sidewalk of information and conversation starters and how to create an activity that helps your kids embody those practices. So one of the things that I like to say is, if you want to be an educator, 
And most of us who signed up for homeschool actually do. We're not there just to coordinate other people teaching. We want to be the teacher. That's our mission, is that you would feel confident and comfortable conveying these ideas to your kids, that it would not be like, ah, we're both looking at the page and I don't know what to say or do. Back in like 2002, when I created the very first Arrow product, the goal I had, I was in this Charlotte Mason community, Dawn, and these moms were like, I don't know how to pick a passage. And I used to take a book and let it flop open. And then I would take my finger and just point to any passage. And I'd say, any of these work, any of these work. And they'd be like, but I don't know what to do once I've got it. Yeah. And I thought, well, you know what? Maybe I just need to role model this for them. I'll pick the passage and then I'll tell them, one, why I picked it. Two, what to note about it. What's noteworthy? Mm -hmm. And then three, how to teach those notes. Like if it's noteworthy for onomatopoeia, now I'm going to give you an activity that helps you make that real for your child. If it's all about the use of semicolons, We're going to talk about why semicolons were a great choice. And I'm going to help you know that so that when you're interacting with your kids. So that was the very early days. Dawn (laughs) and the team have expanded to make this program richer, deeper, more experiential, more practical, not even just, uh, you know, I think there were some arrows back in the day. I'd be like, not much remarkable in this passage. (laughs) When really there was, but I was trying to keep it short. We we have right. waxed a little longer now, have we not? Uh, just a little. And you know what? That actually, that, well, there's a couple things, but that actually brings an interesting point up because, you know, the we talked about the fact that we spin and spiral around concepts. And, you know, these, these darts, arrows, boomerangs, slingshots, they're 50 pages long mm. because we give a lot. Mm. But we don't necessarily, because, you know, we tend to shy away from that idea that this is didactic, this is exactly the way you need to do it. We don't expect you to cover necessarily everything. I mean, like, like Julie said, you know, like M dashes, we got the M dash, we're covered, you know, and there's a place in uh, the trackers where you can save something for later, or you can check off, got it, like, don't need to do that. And what might happen is that, you know, maybe your kids got the M dash. They're using M dashes in their own writing. They've got it. They could tell you what an M dash does. But, you know, maybe another a passage comes along and there's an M dash and your kid will, you know, just organically start teaching their younger siblings about M dashes because here it is in a passage or they're going to want to revisit that because, oh, look at the way this writer used an M dash. Like that's different than what what this other writer was doing. So those skills trackers are a part of each of the programs. There's like a little shoe and a little clock, uh, these little like icons where you can save it for later or show that you're learning it in progress, or there's a check where you can say, we've covered this. So Mm -hmm. for those of you who really love having like a way to measure your progress, those skills trackers do an amazing job. Can you tell us a little bit about the weekly planner, the planning tool that parents use to help them set out what to do and what to exclude? Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of flexibility in the program, but we put, uh, it's called Our Week With, and then insert the title, you know, Our Week With Dart, Our Week With Arrow. And what we did is we created sections. So your planning section that you're going to do ahead of time. My absolute favorite part of the planning section is to select something to skip. (laughs) (laughs) We're automatically giving you permission. Like, have you selected what it is in this week's information that you're going to just skip right over for whatever reason you want to? You can skip it for any reason. Maybe your kid has the concept down. Maybe your kid is just not quite ready for that. Maybe you need to cut it short this week because, you know, grandma and papa are coming to town and you need to shorten things up. Um, And then we have a whole area where you plan, you know, what you're actually going to do with your kids. So there's a whole checklist. And the thing about checklists and Brave Writer is that we have lots of people who love to plan ahead. And those checklists are great because they can go through and they can plan ahead. We also have people who like to do what we call plan from behind, which means that, you know, after the day is done or the week is done, they reflect back on, oh, these are the things that we did. This is what my child learned. This is what we got out of it. 
So I think those tools are really flexible for all kinds of parents, however they come at their planning uh, process. I love that. And honestly, we have those embedded also in our writing projects programs, you know, jot it down, partnership writing, building confidence. We have it in Growing Brave Writers. In fact, in Growing Brave Writers, I went a step further and even offered you narrative sketches that include the skills your child just learned by doing that activity. So part of what we're also trying to do is enrich your own vocabulary, because one of the ways you grow in confidence as an educator is to skillfully use academic and education vocabulary, right? Like it doesn't feel good to say, my kid wrote on a sheet of paper. (laughs) But it feels really good to say that my child experienced the power of a semicolon and knew how to uh, punctuate each of these complicated two-clause sentences. That feels better. You have a way of acknowledging what you are accomplishing with your children. And so we're trying to give you the tools that help you at the end of the day say, I did a great job. This was a rich lesson. Not, well... I knuckled my children under my will and got them to complete that page they hated and hope that one of the concepts stuck. And I think it's also really valuable to reflect on that kind of learning that doesn't always produce a product right Mm. away. Oh, say more about that. That's interesting. So, I mean, one of the concepts that we talk about in our project products, we do have trackers and planners. And one of the things that I, I give a lot of webinars in the, you know, in Brave Learner Home, and I can't say it enough. I say this over and over again. Give yourself and your child credit for what has been done, even if a final product is not created. Uh, There's so much learning in the process. So mark those boxes off. See what was learned in the process of doing it, even if you don't have this final product that, you know, they created that you can show the grandparents or, you know, even, you know, your spouse that comes home, like, look what we did today. I know there's just so much pressure to produce. Mm. And sometimes I think it's really great to have products. There's, There's absolutely something to be said for that publishing moment where your child you know, pulls that lap book all together. It's a finished product. They're proud of it. You have this, you know, really beautiful representation of what they learned. But when we're always pushing, 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 pushing for that production, then sometimes we lose sight of what was gained in the process. And kids are kids. They lose interest (laughs) just like we do. How many unfinished projects do we have around the house? (laughs) Well, honestly, that goes with our um, philosophy that we share all the time, which is writing is a skill that develops over many projects. So you don't have to do soup to nuts on every project. Sometimes just doing a draft is as far as you can get. Sometimes it's only one revision. And then sometimes it is the concept, the free writing, the drafting two or three times and the revision. But guess what? That's exhausting. You cannot do that with every project. You have to have some writing you throw away, some writing that is just for the experience of testing an idea. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of times parents, it seems like no parents are happy. The parents that have kids who hate writing come to me and say, help, I don't know what to do. But the parents who have kids who love writing are just as distressed They're always like, I don't know what to do. My daughter loves writing. I don't know if I need to revise her writing. I don't know if I need to point out her spelling mistakes. I don't know what to give her to help her grow her skills. And I always like to say that actually, when a child is writing for pleasure, it's very much like dress-up clothes. They're going to put on the clothes that make them re-experience whatever part of the story they want to experience. And they'll just do that. And then they'll go eat lunch. You're not Mm -hmm. over there saying, please finish your dress up clothes, pretend play, or I don't count it. So with writing, it's similar. If your child dives in and just writes a really great dialogue between Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader and doesn't want to write the whole book, they just wrote a great dialogue. That's an amazing experience, a great use of writing. They don't have to correct the spelling. So part of this journey then, which you so aptly expressed, is that 
they are experiencing growth even when they don't produce a final, finished, revised, copy-edited product every time. Yes, yes. And if you talk to professional writers, what do they say? I have journals and loads of writing journals full of ideas. I have thousands (laughs) of documents. Thousands is not an exaggeration of unfinished writing. Thousands of pages. Yeah, if if adults are allowed to have that that capacity to simply jot down their ideas, play with language, get concepts on a page to preserve them, to just get them out of their brains onto the page, you know, kids should be given that freedom as well. That's true. That's 100% right. Don, I agree with this concept of knowing your why. I think that is so foundational to everything that we do. What we've done on our website is we've created what we call the getting started pages of Brave Writer. And so when you get to the homepage, if you click on getting started or pick an age range, you will see how our program works together. Each level, and there are only five, there are not 12, because everything that we create covers multiple ages. Because I had five kids and got sick of paying for multiple grade levels. That is just the truth. I just was trying to save money for myself, basically, and anyone else who was crazy enough to have more than three children. So every level covers an age range. And within each level, there are three products. There's a product that teaches the original thinking that becomes writing. That's called Growing Brave Writers. It's our spine. There's a product that combines literature with learning writing mechanics, which is a lot of what we talked about today. It's teaching you things like spelling, punctuation, literary devices, literary analysis, and book parties, okay? So that's that second product. The third product then takes the mechanics that we've learned and combines those with the original writing strategies of Growing Brave Writers to produce a lap book, a report, a letter, a poem, a homonym book, whatever, you know, a map. We have all kinds of activities that you'll find delightful in our writing projects. You can determine when you go to these stages pages, whether your family needs a bundle or it needs individual products to supplement what else you have going. I know some of you purchase like a complete curriculum and you're faltering right now in the language arts part. Go find the one product of ours that helps you execute the rest of that program. When I started Brave Writer, my only goal was to help parents be effective with the writing assignments they were getting from all these other programs, and they were failing. And now, of course, we've developed more programs and more curricula because we realize that what's out there just isn't as valuable as it could be. So that's kind of how I would start is go to getting started on the homepage, check out the age range that matches your family. Don, don't we usually say aim for the middle child if you have a range of ages? Right, because you can adjust up or down depending on the age of your kids. So if you have uh, multiple children, kind of look at that middle range. And then we have all kinds of supports available for parents to make those adjustments to help to meet the needs of all their kids using as few as products as possible. (laughs) That's right. I mean, a lot of times people are like, wow, that price. And I'm like, yeah, but it covers four children. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Pay attention to that. And it lasts for two years, right? Yeah, one purchase to teach them all. (laughs) Yes, I love that. Um, And then the last thing I'll say is that we do have online classes and those classes are extremely valuable if your confidence is truly at an all-time low. Uh, because we teach the parent with the child. It's wild, right? Like we actually will enroll you, the parent, alongside your child. And the two of you are getting taught by our writing coaches. This is how deeply I believe in the notion that you need to be empowered to be the homeschooler or the parent invested in your child's education that you want to be. I don't believe you have to outsource this. I believe you are as capable of teaching writing as you were of teaching your children to be fluent speakers of the English language. So we can do the same thing in writing. And if you need sort of that modeling and a person to ask questions to, take Brave Writer 101. That's our flagship class. Or sign up for one of our family classes or elementary classes where you get to participate and benefit alongside your child. 
Yeah, those classes really do change the dynamic in families. We hear it over and over and over again. The parent walks away feeling so empowered and so much more confident to tackle writing with their kids. One of the things that I just want to sort of close with is that it feels always for me awkward to do marketing, especially on a podcast. And that's what this whole episode is. It's basically, you know, a late night infomercial that we recorded in the afternoon. And I want you to know that actually the only reason I started Brave Writer was because I am that passionate about writing and about parenting. And so it's hard for me to watch people struggle and not have the tools and resources they need. And then to hear from some of you who feel a little bit confused. And so thank you for listening to this whole sort of conversation. Don and I have the best time. We talk every day. <laughs> We're supposed to have an hour meeting every week. It's always two hours. Everyone on the team spends their energy in joy. It's not just a job. There is for us a mission attached to this. And that's how deeply we believe in homeschooling and parent-invested education. You are the key to your child loving writing. And I absolutely believe it's possible. Even for the kids who don't go on to love it, they can go on to feel confident and competent. And that's all you need to offer them. And we believe in it thoroughly. And we're here to support you the whole way. Absolutely. Anything else, Don? What did I forget? Anything? Oh, um, I think that pretty much covers it. It's just, <laughs> it's just pure delight. I don't know. I, it's, you know, people talk when I, when I leave comments on Instagram or you know, like when we're talking and somebody, I mentioned my job, people are like, oh, best job ever. And I just think you have no idea. <laughs> like it's not just because I get to pick books and like play with language all day. It's because I'm working for Brave Writer and Julie, you know, I mean, it's just truly a uh, dream job in, in every way. We have the best time and uh, <laughs> we're all very wordy. And uh, half the time I'm like, go to bed, stop checking email. So there is a lot of enthusiasm behind everything we do. And mm -hmm. I love this podcasting community. And thank you so much for tuning in. And we will put help at bravewriter.com in the show notes so that if you have questions after you check those getting started pages, our team is there to give you personalized attention. You can also text us through our SMS, which is also in the show notes. And literally there are people there who will text you back if you're more of a phone person. Thank you, Dawn. This yeah, was fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. <laughs> so now you know. You know how much heart we put into these products, how much imagination, creativity, care we take so that we are not just producing one of those programs that's a template and we hire any random person to just go on Wikipedia and supply you with information you could find for yourself. There's an art to the way we write and there is a passion for what we share with you. I have shared before that Growing Brave Writers is the spine of our program. If you are looking for a way to be that parent that is the one who causes the lights to go on, who is the one that teaches writing, not just facilitates somebody else's program. Growing Brave Writers is written for you. I write it like you're my friend sitting across the coffee table, like Don and I just mentioned. I wrote it in such a way that you would feel understood in the struggle of what it takes to teach writing. Not only that, the activities in Growing Brave Writers are so fresh they involve action and using your body and talking. There are times when you use scissors. There are times when you draw pictures. There are times when you simply narrate your observations and someone takes notes for you. Your children will discover that writing is so much more than filling in three lines and writing a you know, paragraph that feels and tastes like cardboard. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I want your kids to write in a way that is satisfying to them, not just satisfying to a teacher and their grading mechanism. So if you are looking for the key tool to transform the experience of writing in your family, look no further. Simply go to bravewriter.com GBW, which stands for Growing Brave Writers, or 
click on the link in the show notes. Well, that was fun. If you've got any questions at all, click on the link in the show notes for our pod ring. That's our text messaging service. You will send the word pod, and then we will be able to talk with you directly about this show. You can ask questions. You can share topic ideas for the future. You can tell us what you think of our products and program. We love hearing from you. If texting isn't your thing, send us messages at help at bravewriter.com. We call that the help inbox. It is our email inbox where all of our trained staff are there to give you personalized attention and help you make the right choices for your family. Thanks for joining me today. This is the part of the podcast where I ask you to leave a review. You can leave stars or words, whatever your choice is. If you've already left a review, thank you so much. You never know, Natalie might read yours one of these weeks. The truth is I love podcasting and I couldn't do it without you. I'd love your ideas for the next topics you'd like me to discuss on the show. To let us know, reach out to us via our SMS or texting number. That number is 1-833-947-3684. I know that's a mouthful. Don't worry. It's in the show notes. Simply text the word pod to be added to the podcast group, and then just text us any ideas you have for future shows. We're already building a beautiful Excel spreadsheet with all your ideas. Hey, everyone. It's Natalie, again with the Brave Writer team looking through those five-star reviews, and today's comes from Lori Lammers. I am naturally a more relaxed go with the flow of where each kid is at in their learning experience. My issue was no one was giving me permission to be that parent. Julie has given me confidence to not need to explain myself, but if I do, I'm able to tell them I follow the Brave Writer method. You should look into it. Thanks, Lori. Today's episode was produced by Nova Media with support from team members Jeanette Hall and Natalie Miele. I'm Julie Bogart, author of The Brave Learner and Raising Critical Thinkers. I'm also the founder of BraveWriter.com, an innovative approach to writing instruction. You've been listening to The Brave Writer Podcast. Until next time, keep going. Think well. I'm rooting for you.